You're listening to Arsenal Pass, a flesh and blood podcast for players by players. And all about strategy, leveling up, and the latest news in the world of Wraith. Welcome to Arsenal Pass. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode 149 of Arsenal Pass. We are off the back of a weekend of Prism winning a battle hard. And I think that was probably the last thing I had on my bingo card. Remember Brian Gottlieb? Brian Gottlieb, the most opportunistic tweeter of all time. No, I love Brian. But he does tweet out the Prism face after it does well in the battle hard. Everything as everything is planned, as they say. Um, and I quickly replied with a, a copium tweet. But it might be real, to be honest. It, it legitimately might be real. I have to say that... I just don't know yet. <laughs> I don't know. I'm testing legitimately <laughs> right after this podcast, and I don't feel comfortable being like, it is real or it isn't real. I am super interested to know more about the KO matchup, because currently the KO matchup is bottlenecking all of the other aspects of testing. Like Every single deck goes through that filter first. Can we beat KO? 100%. Actually, not even Do we have a good matchup in the KO? Because if we don't have a good matchup yeah, in the yeah, KO, yeah. It's, the deck is dead. Well, I think... I mean, we're going to talk about this rapidly evolving class constructor format because there's quite a few really interesting things that came out of the battle hardened on the weekend uh there was also uh, an event in california i think like a, a you know a grassroots event um with some interesting mm -hmm. results but including a tickler boss in the top eight but i'm really excited to talk about this battle hardened uh this is week two or i guess week three of of limited when it comes to heavy hitters and road to national starts this weekend as well so we're really going to start to see you know that mass amount of data come through brendan in terms of what is happening in this class constructive format but I, th I think you're right like just you know just to preview it a little bit i don't think anything has changed in regards to ko being that kind of litmus test for where you start with your testing but results might kind of say otherwise so we'll, we'll talk about that when we get into the pod um also, I'm going to share some vindication uh, when it comes to Prism in the uh, comments, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Do you want to do you want to talk about your weak in flesh and blood? Yeah, I mean, it's just testing. Um, I'm currently going through an existential crisis right now in regards to why people are still playing Bravo when Victor exists. Um, uh, we'll also get onto that, won't yeah. we? Because <laughs> uh, I also like, and then Bravo as a pick into a KO meta. Cause I, I think that Victor is probably not the best pick into a KO meta, but you know, it's a yeah. double whammy. It's like, I feel like Victor is almost objectively better than Bravo. And I feel like Victor doesn't have a great matchup. So is Bravo having a better KO, or, uh, KO matchup? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't yes. think so, but I, yeah, I mean, Probably a little bit um, because of the disruption, but nevertheless, yeah. it's like, I don't think that Guardian really passes the test against KO yet, but it could be a deck building issue. I also, <laughs> uh, three whammies. Um, I'm also weighing up, it's like, are some of these Victor decks just really bad because it's early in the meta? I hesitate to believe that anymore because Flesh and Blood yeah, deck I've building. Yeah, I've seen the list as well. Yeah, the Flesh and Blood deck building and just player skill is so advanced at this point. Um, but yeah, Victor had a terrible conversion rate. Yeah, we'll, we'll also get onto that. What are you, how are you feeling? This is, you haven't, I mean, it's not like you haven't been a part of this process in a long time, but this is a, this is basically a year, longer than a year since you've been a part of this process as someone who's going to compete at a, at a pro tour. So how are you feeling about it? Like, are you, are you enjoying it? Are you excited? Like what's kind of, you know, you're basically two weeks in now or a weekend at this point, we can often. Uh, I am not enjoying it to be completely honest uh, because it's, it's just a lot different now. Um, 
like the tools that people have access to allow them to play games at a much more rapid rate and the quantity of games is much higher. Um, I think the players are better, which is fine. I mean, that's expected as any TCG sort of ages, but the process in and of itself is, it's a lot. I, it might change in person, right? So Sasha's coming over, Sasha's coming to Texas, like two plus weeks before the pro tour. Um, I believe like, Hamilton, Fang, Brody, I mean, Brody lives near me. So they're all going to be in the area. So I'm sure we're going to get some like good drafts and some good testing. And and the in-person testing is really what I enjoy. But right now it's kind of a grind. Um, At the same time, I don't really, I'm not super into just jamming like a million drafts online. It's like not my thing at all. Um, I prefer to, if I am going to play online, I prefer to focus on the CC testing. So right now, yeah, to, to answer your question, I wouldn't describe the process as enjoyable. But I don't know. I, it's one of those things. It's like you know, if you ever do a physical activity that's like very hard and it sucks ass. But then after you're like, I did that. It feels so good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe that will happen. The gratification. With this. Maybe that will happen with this. But that's kind of what it feels like. Interesting. I, I've really been my I mean, my process is <clears throat> I've gone back to a process that I think I followed for Worlds last year. So not, not sorry, not Barcelona Worlds, but San Jose Worlds. So, you know, 2022. And I'm enjoying it quite a lot. And I think it's, for me, focusing on really the quality of games as opposed to the volume of games has been my big focus. So definitely been testing this week, but I'm like I'm like 30 games in total on Classic Instructed over the past three weeks, basically. And that feels okay to me, honestly. Like, I feel like when I play a game, so in of an evening, I'll play, say, one to two games. And I'm really focused on getting as much as possible out of the game like i come in with really fixed targets i want to play this matchup afterwards i'll discuss it with generally i'm testing with dan we'll discuss it afterwards and then i'll make notes and i'm like okay i feel like i've achieved a lot in that kind of 70 minutes or 80 minutes or whatever with my two games in the discussion so and then when it comes to draft i did a draft camp the other week which i talked about on the pod last week which i really i freaking loved dude i love getting eight dudes around a table <laughs> get some cars, get some packs down and just draft them, you know, okay, eight people, everyone is obviously welcome at my draft table. But what I mean is, you know, it just feels like, I don't know, it feels like you get your mates around a table and you draft, you have a great time, you eat, uh, your boy Tom Dowling cooked up a feed for us mm. when we were at his house the other week. And I love that. I did an online draft this week and it was, it was fine. It was fine. I did it, whatever. And I learned, I... I think the ma- the amount of reps people get, you know, people got hundreds of drafts in, and some of my friends have done this, and and a lot of those reps are valuable. Some of them are not, you know what I mean? So, I don't know. Yeah, um, <clears throat> actually, my te- my testing <laughs> sort of schedule and cadence is pretty similar to yours. Uh, I'm yeah. not grinding. You're all- doing a lot of watching. Well, yeah, I watch at night, like passively, while I'm doing other stuff. So I wouldn't. Yeah, it's okay. not. It's not even very active, to be honest. Like if I, I'm honestly more there for the banter than <laughs> for the gameplay. Um, <laughs> But Sasha and I play like one hour a day, one to two hours a yeah. day. Um, the only issue is that, you know, sometimes we end up just like talking about stuff that's not flesh and blood or we're like, there's like the alter TCG came out. We're like, okay, we'll go try it. And um, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, it's a tough process right now to be, to be honest. Like it's not overbearing, but I'm not feeling as confident and I don't feel as passionate as I did in the past for like, oh, the Pro Tour is coming up. We got to do everything we can to win. It's just like trying to figure out where we are in the metagame, like trying to orient because it's very much in flux right now. Um, And then just like, what is the 80-20? 
Yeah, for all the bingo card holders out there. What's the 80-20, the class constructed deck we can pick and the amount of drafts we can get in to where we're just competent enough to put ourselves in a position to get lucky and do well. Because I think most card games, you have to be a good player and you have to get lucky on the day if you want to win. 100%. But Flesh and Blood is a game where that is the less of the case. So you still, yeah. I want to get proficient enough to where I can you know, also get lucky and be good enough at the same time to, to do well at a tournament. So... Yeah, it's a process. Pro, Pro Tours are awesome. I just want to preface what I'm about to say with that. Pro Tours are awesome. The experience is phenomenal. I've loved every event I've gone to so far, for the most part. Oh, and I've really enjoyed kind of the... <laughs> for the most part. And I've, en I've enjoyed the kind of like, you know, the, the few days leading up to it. The, the time spent with friends is like awesome. It's such an experience. It's interesting. As I head towards like LA, and this will be pro i missed i missed baltimore so whatever that means pro tour four or five of, of this level it, it really does start to just become an event you know like i and the experience is still great but and i think as you do more of these you know like the anticipation the nerves the things like those start to go away and it's like you show up you play the event you still have a good time but it's you know it's less of a of a journey i guess than it was for the first four or five times um but don't get me wrong i still love it and i think when especially you know if anyone's heading to their first pro tour this time or their first calling or maybe this is even your first road to national season like just my advice is always just enjoy the the journey and the process because it's such a such an awesome thing especially experiencing you know when you read a book for the first time and you're like wow i wish i could read that book again for the first time that's what it's like going to you know yeah your first pro that's tour what PT1 first calling was like, or something for like sure. that for sure 100%, it was cannot, phenomenal. cannot recapture that experience yeah it's funny i think my approach to Competing in Flesh and Blood and like going to PTLA uh, and competing in PTLA is like very apathetic, but apathetic in not necessarily the bad way. I remember Sasha in the lead because he wasn't planning to go to PTLA and he's just like, I knew he was going to come. Yeah. Well, he's like doing this argument. He's like, Do you even really want to do this? Like, I mean, it's just like for me, I don't, I literally don't think about it like that. I'm just like, dude, this is just what we do. Like, there's three tournaments a year, we compete. We play this game. It's like, there's not like, do I like the format? Do like, do a, it, it doesn't matter. It's just like, this is what we do. Um, like, this is our process. We test like one or so hour a day. We get a week or two, uh, you know, in-person testing before ideally. And then we compete at these events. It's like, I don't really ask my, myself the question of, do I enjoy every aspect of this experience right now? Because it's just irrelevant, irrelevant to me. And I think that's because I look at it more like, a, I know that in one year, two year, five year, 10, 10 years. If I look back at my life and it's full of traveling the world with my friends and playing pro tours, mm. it's going to be infinitely better than me deciding to sit at home on my ass and play whatever video game was fun that week. It just is. It's a better, it's a better life experience. And ultimately these pro tours, they are that like there is the competition aspect. There is the tournament, but like at the same time, like this is your life, you know. <laughs> That's a, like looking back at the past three to four years. Not to, I mean, this is going way, way too far. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say we're gonna get off our soapboxes in a second. Yeah, <laughs> but like looking past <laughs> like the last three and four, uh, three or four years of our life with flesh and blood, I wouldn't define it by the individual tournaments. I'd define it by the entire, the entirety of the experience, and that. It has yeah. been amazing. So I try to, I try, that's how I look at it. I feel like it's both apathetic in a good way and a bad way, but we just are competitors. We just compete at these tournaments and there's no, there's no, there's no questions of like, do I really like it? Do I want to draft? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I, I feel a little bit differently, but that's okay. I, I fully understand the, the standpoint and I agree with most of Brendan's sentiments. And also if you are going to get the opportunity to go to one of these events, just 
do it because it's actually amazing. All right, let's get on to the news. Uh, testing's going well, though. I mean, well, testing's going well. Is that the testing's going fair? Yeah. I would say. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like you know, there's like a sixty percent chance. I'd just be like, ah, I'm playing Reiner, whatever. That's <laughs> definitely yeah. what I've been playing. Like with. it's um. I don't know what to do at this point because I really don't want to play KO, but I we were in the classic testing phase where I'm getting very um uh po- like I'm getting po- the polar opposite opinions from like good players on how matchups yeah, go. Yeah. And that's the most annoying part of the testing part. Someone says it's like, yeah, no problem. The other player's like, it's unwinnable. And it's like, well shit. Uh, it's very disorienting, <laughs> to be honest. It's hard as well to keep up with all the information, yeah. especially with people on different time zones. Uh, let's get into the news. Calling Liverpool. Congrats to um, Francisco Giorgio drafting Kasai in top eight and taking down the heavy hitters limited calling in the UK. Our third heavy hitters limited and final, right? This is our final limited calling for the season. We head into road to nationals this, uh, this weekend. And then PTLA is literally five weeks away, Brendan, which is pretty crazy. Um on the back of that, Worlds 2022 top eight of Rob Catton on Prism took down the battle hardened, as you kind of mentioned at the top of the show. We're going to talk more about that. Road to Nationals, of course, starts this weekend. A couple of videos up on Arsenal Pass. We've got limited time only. Season two is kicked off. And Brennan, not not me or you, but we've uh, we've drafted in a limited pro, former number one ranked ELO. Uh, he kind of dropped a little bit at Worlds, but we don't hold that against him. <laughs> uh, Yuha Sainalampe from, from Finland, who is just, yeah, he, he, you know, he's in our Discord, right? And he is a thinker when it comes to limited, right? Like he's very big on kind of the the back end and understanding the theory and uh, i think he articulates it really well so if you haven't already go check out that episode it dropped about two days ago by the time this pod drops uh i, I think yuha does an awesome job and he's got a couple more episodes coming which are going to dive into each of the heroes and archetypes in heavy hitters draft so uh, yeah make sure you check that out thank god i know uh in leo to baltimore i was consuming limited tide only but i need that i need that resource um like that's that solid resource of, of information when it comes to limited format yeah. so i don't have to do 100 drafts because i don't want to do 100 drafts to be honest so i'm really happy that it can. came back because i'm a, I'm yeah, a yeah. fan of limited title only look and like a bit of backstory for those who are listening you know people might be thinking what why 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 you why not one of us and uh i really enjoyed making limited content it's my favorite thing on that note actually there's a if you, for our patrons there's a draft walkthrough up on patreon that i threw up uh yesterday that was from my draft camp Dr. Damakai jumped on and we did a bit of a, a draft review of one of my drafts, drafting one of my favorite heroes in the set. Uh, spoiler, it's Olympia. So if you want to know how to draft Olympia, I'd go check that out. Um, but the reason for Yuha, honestly, is like Yuha was really keen to make some some content. And um, I think he's he's an awesome player. He's one of the best in the world, I think. And he has a great limited mind. So I wanted to give him a platform and, and have him take over limited time only because um, I also didn't think I'd be able to do it this season. So yeah, we're, we'll still be talking limited. We're going to talk limited a little bit briefly in a second but um yeah go check it out let's get to commander cookout we've got youtube comment section this time brendan and uh <clears throat> i'm gonna kick it off this week so we've got lodger man 7306 if you're an illusionist player i think you should i think you could play prism that's a quote from me last week and then lodger uh lord oh no it's, it's lord german i know who this is i know who this is i know who this is i know this person they're from my locals it's lord german 7306 they say quote if you're an illusionist player i think you could play prism that is what i said last week that is true and then they go on to say said after a whole pod spent talking about the impact brute had on the format wow who's got egg on their face lord german <laughs> uh i did say last week that prism could be a great shout for road to nationals and uh just sit here and feel good about myself how's the brute match <laughs> It's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. 
Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Is it actually we'll come back bad? To it. Oh, okay, we'll get back to it, but shit. We'll come back to it. Okay. Uh, the next comment is from uh, Hakai14. While I believe it's a blessing to have people like Michael and Brody casting games, you need like one person to be the said color commentator. Otherwise, we're watching a 45-minute math evaluation TED Talk. Look, I think the, the cast had that. At, yeah, I felt um, like they did this it. This is in reference to Hartford. Yeah, you don't think like no. you feel like it didn't have that that color? No, I felt like it did. So I'm saying I felt like because they were on together. Oh yeah, yeah, they were on together. I felt like they were doing that to be honest. Because um, I I agree with this. I agree with this comment in theory, but I felt like uh, yeah, the yeah. actual how it actually played out was like felt like it was there. Um, one thing I'll say, and I'm not referring <laughs> to anybody or any cast. So screw you if you're trying to trying to pin me or something. It's a I'm on the super extreme end. The super, super extreme end when it comes to what I enjoy when it comes to a cast and production. I hate the goofy shit. I cannot stand it. Um, like I, the perfect kind of cast for me is like the OG Magic Pro Tours that are like very professional. Not that they're Randy all- Randy Bueller, Brian David Marshall. <laughs> yeah, not that they're all analytics, but they're just like, they're very professional and like very sort yeah. of like they're well presented. That That's what I like. And I, I think that I'm an outlier there, but like- I cannot stand like goofy stuff on the cast. Like it, it just takes me out of it. I don't mind a little bit, but I am with you as well. I really like a well-produced professional cast. And I've watched, I think we talked about this before. I watch a lot of old magic casts back every now and again. I go through phases, especially when I'm like on holiday or like traveling. That's not game related. I'll like pop on an old pro tour or something yeah, on yeah, the plane. <laughs> and I really enjoy it. And like I, Randy Bueller, Brian David Marshall, Magic the Gathering, former casters, Look, they're not the best casters, honestly. Like Randy Bueller, I have some issues with, but if you don't even bother going and searching this up, it's not worth. But uh, yeah, I agree. I like a nice professional cast, and I like a little bit of a little bit of goof, but a very very sprinkle amount. And I, I tell you what, I that's why I really like Mr. Sam O'Burn because I think he knows his shit very well when it comes to this game, and um, I enjoyed. I mean, I enjoyed the whole cast that I watched of Hartford. I did go back and watch some more Brennan, but um, particularly I really enjoyed. Yeah, I wonder if I'm just like a if, I, if I'm just like a boomer now or something because yeah, like, I like Definitely. I like the I like the stable tonal voice. Like I don't like any yell. Like I'm just like I just oh come on. Yeah, that's once I start screaming, I'm just like, come on, bro. <laughs> I don't know. I'm definitely on the extreme, and like that is a complete personal preference. There's no, there's no objective of like is it better or worse. It's just like for me, that's my weird preference. Is I like the the old, the old school kind of like ultra professional cast and like yeah sort of like let me see the scene for you pro tour or pro tour la winning in we've got two players playing on the cast it comes down to a clash for a might that's going to force through an overpower uh you know lethal on the following turn slams it down it's a six attack no no nah, it's kind of be like a, a golf like you know like as he comes up to the green, the clashes, it clashes on the stack. We flip, we flip. Ooh, no, no, no. like I mean, there's, <laughs> there is, there is definitely six. some scenarios. But um, when it when it is forced I, in the totality of like uh, an empire, yeah, it's just too much for me. Like I, I think it, it's got to be very tasteful. It's got to be very tasteful. And you know, I retired. I retired from casting, so I can, I can give. <laughs> so it is tasteful I can now. give. I can give my opinion on if I what I like and what I don't like. Uh, someone the other day told me they miss they feel like we should banter more on the podcast they feel like we we, we bantered more in the early days and we've, we've fought back from a little bit dude i, don't know I if actually that's true. i actually thought about this <sighs> sorry to detract from the can of cookout but basically <laughs> um you know on twitch like on twitch there's like these big 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 streamers uh and they're all oh, the hot tub streamers no oh, no no not what? not those so like they're all like pretty insufferable i'm sure some people like these people but like kind of seen it xqc but there's one there's one guy new guy ish new ish called jinxie and he is yeah. 
a little piece of shit. But, 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 because he's very toxic, he's very, but, actually pretty funny. Like, I, I, okay. I, I was like, I flipped it on, and I was like, okay, this guy's an act, like, this is actually entertaining, this is actually kind of funny, even though I disagree with pretty much everything this person is doing. And I was thinking back to our... <laughs> When we played, we used to do gameplay. And I remember there was <laughs> yeah. one time I I took the shit talking a little too hard, and I was like, I don't know, it's just like high rolling, and you're like, bro, <laughs> stop. <laughs> you cracked me. Yes, yes, uh, I, I finally did. I finally, I finally cracked you because um, the yeah, I was I was getting let out of hand with it. But I was I was thinking, I was like, if we go back to gameplay, you know, should we should we elevate the entertainment? Is what I was thinking. Um, uh, I was just, maybe I was just wondering. I don't know if if that is a better way to do it. Anyway, that was a long tangent. That was a long tangent. <laughs> uh, next question is from Tomb Moot. Uh, listening to the pro level talk of Fab is sometimes so strange because this is a world I'm so far away from. Like to understand that people draft four to five times a day. So there are people out there who do this for a living. I mean, that is true, but it, it is a very, very small percentage. Like, don't, you know. Do this I think for a living really is also clear. a stretch. I think there's some people yeah, that well, are yeah. unemployed <laughs> that do this, but do this for a living is a stretch. Um, I mean. They live and they do this. <laughs> it might be more accurate. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. some people that have, you know, a sustainable amount of money they made off flesh and blood. 100%. Actually, it's probably there's like two, a, or, there's a, two or three people. There's a few. <laughs> yeah, there's a handful. It's small. Yeah. Um, uh, so don't don't feel bad. That's for sure. You know, it's it's far away for us as well. Like Hayden and I, I feel like we were really on the cutting edge when it came to like the amount of testing games we were playing, effort we were putting in. Um, Monarch. <laughs> yeah, uh, we were really yeah. ahead of a lot of people just in terms of the yeah, like our discipline and our our schedule and the rigidity. It's not the case anymore. I'm not saying people are infinitely Definitely. far ahead of us in terms of gameplay and you know deck choices and metagame, but in terms of like the amount of games we were playing. It's, I mean, it's got to be five. Some people are 5x what we're at. 100%. Easy, easy. Uh, next question or next comment is from uh, Adam Scoof30068. One, one day, one of someone's name is going to get us and we're going to get canceled. Uh, so well, I'm you just gave them. The- <laughs> now they're definitely going to do it. Uh, they just say, oh, this is, a, this is a, a bit of a comment section coming up on Bolton. I don't appreciate the Bolton hate. That's what Adam Scoof says. And then uh, a great facade says, as a former warrior denier, y'all are probably sleeping on Bolton. Good episode. AVAUTV says, amazing how you guys Photoshop your faces into both heroes. Oh, that's different. <laughs> uh, yeah, I commented uh, back on that. I said, you wound me. Um, yeah, people I mean- didn't see the, uh, the thumb last week. Brendan asked to have my face put on Victor. And then KO was also the thumbnail. <laughs> Do you remember my second request? Did you see that? Uh, no. What was the second request? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sorry. Ridiculous. Ins- <laughs> yeah, it said something a little ridiculous as an inside joke. Yeah, it was funny. Um, anyway, Bolton, um, to be honest, <sighs> I haven't given it enough time. Did t- Hey, top, top eight of the battle hard. I don't care, I don't care about that, to be honest. What I care about is that I actually have not given it enough, enough time or like enough attention to confidently say that it's ass. Um, So some of that is hyperbolic when it comes to Bolton. We really don't have the data. Like nobody we know plays Bolton. Uh, We probably- (laughs) That's untrue. Tom Dowling plays, Tom Dowling was a Bolton main for a very long time, just so you know. That checks out. That checks out though. Um, He played it at nationals to a top 16, uh, like- the first season of nationals he's played it one he's like topped road to nationals and stuff with it uh, he thinks it's average in this one okay so, yeah. so 
we're probably sleeping on Bolton. Uh, I think you're right. Like we we definitely are sleeping on it, but maybe that we still have to test it. We still have to test it. To be completely honest, I I'd be surprised if it was really if it was good in this format and it was well positioned into a, a format that's dominated by KO. Just putting mm-hmm. out insane math, like the math on the like I would be surprised. But uh, we'll definitely take a look at it. I mean, we're competing in the Pro Tour, and there's. Card games are objective. You win or you lose. So we're open to... I'm happy to be wrong if that deck is busted and then I have that deck and nobody else does. That'd be great. That'd be great, but I don't see yeah. it. I know uh, Travis, who some North American players might know, uh, he's in our Discord and he was saying he was surprised how low we were on Bolton. Look, I know I'm, like, same sort of thing. Not that I'm low on Bolton. And I do think it probably has some good matchups. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I just... I fundamentally don't like the hero in terms of the way it operates and i have issues with how you have to play an event with that hero honestly to, to have success but you know i mean it's not like it's not powerful like it got a lot of upgrades and lamina ascension is still lamina ascension so yeah anyway <laughs> um pale fox 11 my week-long kasai test has gone to this don't play copper it's a trap go build an army it feels smoother and now hey now i love me some raiden bolton i said this person also wants to get in on our uh Bolton. That it's, not like, it's, it's not like it's not like we came onto the pod and we're like Bolton sucks. Well, don't play Bolton. I mean, hero I, shit. I think I do. I think I have said that. Maybe you yes, did. I think I've said that. But you, you're a you're a contrarian. I got no. I'm not. That's not contrarian. <laughs> contrarian <laughs> is playing Bolton. I got, I'm aware. I got tri- I got triple Lumina at once. So bear with me, okay? I have a I have edit calling as well. Yep. 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 Not great. Anyway, um, uh, the copper stuff in regards to Kasai playing army. Kasai. That's I haven't I haven't tested Kasai yet, but from what I've heard, that's what I've heard is good. Yeah, that's checking out to what we're yeah. hearing as well mm-hmm. from within our system group. Uh, John Gibson four seven six week one deck is Kano every time. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, we'll we have to talk about Kano this week because more top eights for Kano. Yeah, I mean, just talk uh, to Peter Budinsek. He had a really good time on Kano at the age event. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Uh, just playing that hero and just being like, well, all my opponent flip. Oh, nice. You have three Oasis in your sideboard for no reason. Uh, Yazam 2. It seems as though there's so much excitement in the game right now. Fun time to be playing. I mean, I agree. Also, I heard some awesome stats uh, over the weekend, Brennan. Oh, the other thing I did over the weekend is I judged a PTI event. I know. I hit, I hit, judged, a, I hit judged a PTI event. Uh. That was, if people don't know this, I yeah, I was the hit judge for a PTI event this weekend. That was UPF Heavy Hitters Deathmatch yep. draft. It was friggin awesome by the way i'm kind of sad i didn't play you would have uh, died th- instantly immediately that's why i didn't play people would have immediately killed me but the event itself like the the format is really cool so if you haven't seen this basically you have an eight-man draft like normal and then you split into two four person pods of upf and then you play to get a winner of those two four person pods and then they play those two four uh whenever the four pod the four person pod play each other to win the total pod and so we had six pods so the six winners went into the top eight and then two of the finalists also uh got into you know they got the last two spots into this top eight and then did the same thing again basically um so you you mix up playing upf but you also get to play a little bit of 1v1 and honestly listening you know i had to make it really clear at the start of the event you cannot bribe people yeah, in flesh and, and blood just to be bribed, really right? clear yeah. <laughs> No, but people are doing some influencing. I'll tell you what, there was a lot of discussion going on. There's one particular player who was just running the table. They made it all the way to, I think, like the, they were the last person knocked out in their third person, fourth in their four person pod before the, the grand final. And they were just running the table on just politics, I'll tell you what. 
I actually, dude, I hate like uh, for. I this is not in regards to like is UPF bad or good, but for me personally, as a as a player of games, I don't like politics and games. Like, yeah, I hate it. I hate me too. it. I hate I it. I hate it so much. It's it's I. I just don't, it's not for me. Like, I don't know. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's weird because like, that's the thing is, is like UPF is like not to an extent. It's like not even a card game. It's like, I don't even think that UPF and flesh and blood are even adjacent. Like they're wildly different games. And I, I know that there's crossover between people that play UPF and people that play one V one flesh and blood. But for me, it's like, yeah. there isn't something that could be farther away from flesh and blood. Cause uh, I, I don't like politics um, in games. I don't like politics in general, but <laughs> especially in games. <laughs> It was cool though, like, and I, people had a lot of a lot of fun, which is great. Um, and people still, and the, the heavy hitters format is honestly the, this is just the best for UPF. I think it, it works really well. There's so many cool interactions. Yeah, I heard there was somebody right. at that thing. It was like he was like telling people he couldn't like about like the math of like he he could or could not kill them, and then he would just kill them and be like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know. Like <laughs> this is the politics guy. This is the this is the guy I was telling you about. It was like, oh, you know, yeah, he like. He's like, oh, you know, we're warrior buddies. We're in this together. And, he, you know, it's like, I'm just coming in for three because I just need to, like, continue to chip damage. So I keep you on an even playing field with me. You don't need to defend this. And they're like, okay. And then he just plays the attack reaction to kill the player. <laughs> oh, UPF is like a, uh, an exercise in um, moral relativity, I guess. Yeah. Also, I saw some comments. People were like, why is there a PTI for this event? And okay, I get it. But honestly, like, it's a PTI. You can like, buy PTIs. Not, you know, Who cares what they put them up for? You can for? buy PTIs. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's cool. It, there were so many new players. I think there was like five players who had never played like a draft event before. There was three brand new players at the event. Like, it was, it was cool. It was great. All right. <laughs> um, main topic? Yeah. I've been thinking about PVE a little bit, by the way. No, I don't. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I, I think. I think. Save it. You can save it. <clears throat> okay, okay. Save it. Okay, save it. Okay. Save it for a, a, an episode where we do a mailbag or a PV or something. <laughs> right. We to get into the main topic. All right. All right. Part one, main topic. I want to talk about draft a little bit. I want to talk draft preferences a little bit. I just want you know people heading into Roads Nationals this weekend. What I want this main topic to be. There's two parts to this main topic, Brendan. I want this to be a little bit of a preview for Roads National season that starts this weekend and kind of just some of our bits of advice we're going to talk meta and, and where we'd end up i'm going to ask you the infamous question that i'm going to ask you honestly for the next five weeks which is what deck would you play this weekend uh and we'll see if that changes over the next five weeks but then the other thing is like yeah just just kind of some setup for this weekend so let's start with draft what are you thinking about draft overall do you have any particular you know you hit, say you are you hitting to road this weekend no. I don't know. but if you are and it's draft what are your thoughts how are you approaching it um so i'm really torn on draft right now because there's two very different schools of thought that are, um, I believe in both of them, and they're both very adamant, <laughs> which is like, is this a synergistic format or is this a three block format? Um, and both have sort of waxed and waned in terms of their hierarchy on the pole of like what is correct. And they keep like, I keep running into situations where it's like, oh, it's a synergistic format. This person, you know, they look at this deck, they, they pull off these big turns and they kill their opponent. It doesn't matter how many three blocks they have. And then I see the opposite. It's like, oh, this is a pure math fatigue based format um, or, you know, fatigue by damage like that, you know, basically a bright lights kind of format. And I just don't know which one is correct at this point. Um, it's really wax and waned and it's, it's, it's in flux. So right now I'm pretty disoriented when it comes to the, to the, to the draft format. If it was me and I was going to a road to nationals and I really needed to win this weekend, I would probably implement a more attrition based strategy. Unless I had like some insane, like my seat was insane for, you know, some 
synergistic brute deck or something like that. Yeah, I'd probably opt for uh, an attrition-based strategy because I don't think that I think that people are a bit underprepared to face those strategies right now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I. I. What if? Here's something. What if it's both? What if both realities are true? Because I actually think that's where I am right now. Well, yeah, I, I think both real. I think that, yeah, but I think, I think, think, there's, I don't think it's 50 50, right? Like, there's going to be one that's like 60 and the other one's going to be 40. Like, nothing, nothing is split halfway. So, and I think one is going to be a bit better than the other, at least in terms of like a, a blanket approach. Um, so I do think that it's a mix. Even in Bright Lights, I felt like there was a mix of that. Like, there was. Like, if you saw Yuki uh, play on stream at World yeah, Championships, yeah. she played a very non-attrition-based deck, a very setup-based deck. It exists, but it's like, how much of the format- That was even way- That was way more narrow, though, in that format. Yeah, exactly. So that, that's really the question yeah. of, like, how narrow is it to not build an attrition-based deck in Bright Lights? Or, sorry, yeah. in, I think heavy in, in, in heavy hitters. I think in bright lights, I, I do agree with you. It was like, can you be the outlier? Yeah, probably, but it's probably one per pod max. Uh, when I say max, max, I mean, max, I mean, yeah. I mean maximum. <laughs> um, I think, so I, when you say it's not 50-50, I agree, but I also think it's unknown what percentage it is. And I think that's because it's meta-based. And what I, what I mean by that is that I think whether the format is more attrition based three blocks are great you know you play pure math value game versus you play a synergy based where you you try and have these big turns and do what your deck wants to do and punish your opponent for having dead cards effectively because they have all these three blocks that they can't use i, I think these two competing strategies it's a meta and i think it, it's going to shift and it's honestly going to depend on your pod is where i'm at right now as to how many people try and draft a more attrition based strategy how many people try and draft synergy what heroes they're drafting what cards they start with an open and i'm going to position myself i think this is going to be really difficult and i think it's going to be hard to do but i'm going to try and position myself to be able to play both those strategies mm -hmm. i think it's really going to depend on the signals i get at the table what people are passing me and, and what people are prioritizing and, and taking yeah. to be honest like if i'm at a table with you know, some players who are focused on three block strategy and they're passing like red wild rides, like fifth and sixth pick, and I'm already in brute, then I, okay, you've, you've made my decision for me. I'm, I'm on a more synergistic damage based plan. If I get, you know, um, a bunch of like really mid to late good three blocks in blue, for instance, and resources, um, late rally the red guard blue or whatever, like, okay, you've made my decision for me. I, th I think that's kind of where I'm at a little bit. And so cards that enable me to be open to both those kind of overarching archetypes when it comes to heavy hitters draft not even talking about hero class or then archetype within those then now some of those cards are going to keep me up to both i'm i'm more interested in honestly those there's some cards that are really starting to rise in stock for me because of that so one thing that i'd probably implement if i went to uh rotate nationals which i'm not mainly also because i'm going to austin for the half marathon uh but I would probably try to draft Guardian. I think Guardian is heavily underdrafted. Um, it's almost like, especially after the data in regards to Hardcore and the narratives that were talked about there, I think people think that Guardian is like almost strictly worse than some of the other classes. And I think that Guardian is uh, quite powerful, especially when you're it's a bit open. I just don't want to be like the third Guardian <laughs> anytime, especially not the Never. fourth. Um, but yeah. Guardian reminds me a lot of Guardian in this format, specifically like Betsy. He's going to say Lixie. He's going to say Lixie. He's going to say Lixie. Yeah. I'm going to say tall ice Lixie. Hey, that's what it reminds me of. Yeah, it really does. It really does. <laughs> I knew it. Is it wait, do you agree with that at all? Um, 
Yeah, I think I think that is an archetype within Betsy. I think Betsy actually has two archetypes, honestly. But yeah, I, I think that is that is an archetype. I wouldn't play Betsy. the, the think... pump like it's just an attrition based uh, Betsy deck, but it's really on, it's really good on rate attrition because you have uh, some you have like the best access to three blocks, but then you also have the three for sevens uh, and things like that, like two card seven. It's just it's just a really good thing to mm. do in limited. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is. It is the the problem in this format is like some of these um, two card sevens block for two and you can punish your opponent by giving them effective ip penalties if their their deck is just all this because you have set up turns you take turns off and they go oh, okay i guess i come back with a three for seven you know it's hand extenders and chain extenders which are you know typically cards that enable you to play out your full hand with extra action points or without extra action points are really good in this format i think especially especially the ones that block three uh, because then you can do the best of both worlds and, and cards i mean by that are like like bonebreaker bellow i think is a really undervalued card in brute for instance for the, for that reason people think about it as like oh you know it's a reinar card and it does this or no i mean it's just a chain extender that blocks three and, and has some value if i need it to uh, uh, on a three card hand i can make it you know worth nine yeah like, that's fine that's a that's a that's a decent three card trade yeah but yeah um what else when it comes to limited are you so you you're thinking you're kind of you'd lean towards guardian mm-hmm. you think you'd lean towards an attrition base for week one mm-hmm. um what i really like about this format is i think there is a meta in heavy hitters and i i don't think we've necessarily had that before outside of oh people force fi so it's correct to position yourself in drama and icelander if you know how to play those or you should focus on them or whatever this actually feels like there's a lot cards are really important and the 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 value of like the block value is really important relative to the effect relative to your synergy relative to kind of the overall game plan and i i really like that because the weapons every hero has a weapon but the weapons aren't particularly strong and i think that's a big part of that reason um so it's not you know when games come down to fatigue it's not fatigue it's like fatigue by damage which is much more exciting so i don't know what would what would i do uh i think my preference right now is to just stay open a little bit through packs, picks five to six. I know there's people who now don't want to stay open. They want to like send a signal yeah, and like get into heroes early. That's another meta aspect as well, to be honest. I know our group's been talking about that. Um, but I like to stay open at the moment around to picks five to six. I like to take like two to three hybrid cards in the first six picks or generics, preferably three, honestly, maybe one piece of generic equipment. And then like I'll hedge on like two class cards max ideally maybe three within the first seven picks and then by pick eight like i am i am committing and i don't really pivot i just don't think you can pivot efficiently in this format after pick eight right so i don't think you I can pivot in flesh and blood bit. to be honest i think you can after like if you commit say pick two or something and by pick five you're like oh, i have to be out of this the hazel open lane i think you can pivot then but after that i honestly don't think you can yeah i, I don't think it's it's a hundred percent of the time but i do think it is a vast 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 majority of time that if you pivot in flesh and blood uh you made an incorrect decision like you like, especially if you're looking to three or something like that I just, I just don't think it's an i don't think it's a good strategy in flesh and blood to pivot you can get really punished, honestly. You can get super punished for it. Yeah. And I think that the payoff is also like, I mean, I guess if you have like the perfect payoff, um, you know, you pivot perfectly, nobody else is in that in that hero, like you can end up with a good deck. But I think most of the time, even if you're like, okay, I pivoted into the hero where there was only one other person drafting it, because you pivoted, you still end up with a shit deck or like a mid deck. I don't know. I just, yeah, it's like rather can. forced at this point. Like, I just feel like, I don't know, forcing is a weird word because it, it means different things to different people. But I would describe your strategy as like a version of forcing in a sense. Like, I stay open for like ish, you know, generics, uh, hybrid cards, maybe some equipment in the first, you know, 
one to five picks. And then it's like, I'm happy to aggressively pick good cards in a hero and start cutting. Mm -hmm. If I think that I'm in a pod that would respect that. Because if I think that it, there's no rhyme or reason, and if I hard cut something, everybody's still going to ape in a brute because I think it's the best hero, then I probably wouldn't do that. Mm. Yeah, I, I think forcing in its tradition is like going in with, I'm drafting this hero or class mindset. And, you know, the old, uh, I only look at five cards when I draft. Uh, <laughs> Shit was effective. <laughs> that was an effective strategy. <laughs> um, and then I think there's a kind of, you know, there's a, I'm going to send a signal early and cut kind of next standpoint to it. Brennan's just destroying his office. Mm. Um, all right. Anything else you want to say about draft or should we, should we talk some class constructed ahead of road to nationals? I, 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 my, my kind of last thing on draft is I think, you know, find a lane that's going to work for you. Find a strategy. I think if you try and listen to everything that everyone's got to say and try and do everything, you're just going to end up in a mess a lot of the time. Like you've got to have a strategy in this format. Uh, that's for sure. My strategy for the Pro Tour is to not be a master of draft. I'm 100% taking the 80-20 <laughs> line. Well, I want to put in the minimum amount of effort to be proficient so that I can give myself room to get lucky. I just... Fair enough. Yeah. I don't want to do 100, 200 drafts. Like, I, I don't. And I respect people that are doing that because some of those people are also giving me really good information that helps me be a lazy piece of shit and not do that many drafts. But, uh, yeah, my strategy is I'm, I'm really hoping that some of the in-person testing will carry uh, a lot of my drafting experience here, to be honest. I feel like yeah, right now I'd feel, I'd feel quite underprepared for the Pro Tour uh, if it was tomorrow for fair drafting. Look, I, it's kind of interesting because I, I, I'm not going to do 100 drafts. I'm, I think I'm about... I have to look at my log. I think I'm about eight or 10 in now or something. And I feel really good about this for me, honestly. Like, I think I'm going to feel good getting to about 25, yeah, 30 drafts. I think- uh, I'm just going to make them impactful. I think Bright Lights hurt my confidence a bit when it comes to limited, to be honest. That's it sucked. Honestly, I just- Okay, now we're reflecting and playing a lot of heavy hitters. I've really enjoyed it. Hey, Bright Lights draft sucked, honestly. Yeah. I was- uh... I mean, I was hesitant to say that because I was sort of weighing up. It's like, oh, am I just jaded at this point? Nah, like, am I just? It honestly sucked. I was fucking miserable in Barcelona. <laughs> yeah, I just because I mean, we're also drafting. Try playing the yeah, world, bro. <laughs> but like, man, we were just drafting back to back to back with some of the best players in the world, and it was just these attrition slogs. And I was just like, bro. Yeah, Except when we had Flake in our pod, then you got that freebie. <laughs> Dude, Flakes. <laughs> That's what I was thinking when you were in my pod, <laughs> bro. Shut the fuck. You didn't play me. Flakes, funny story from Barcelona. I don't know if it's been told in the pod, but basically Majin, um, I think he was like, I don't know if he was 3-0 or 2-0, you know, he finished his draft, but then I was like, I had to leave or something, and I was like, oh, no, where was Yost? Someone, it was Peter, it was Peter. It was like, oh, play Brendan's deck, he has to leave. Uh, and I was like, I said it was really good. I said my deck was really good. So they handed Peter the wrong deck. They handed him Flake's deck, and he was like so confused. He was so confused. Like, he was going through this existential crisis. He was like, this is a good deck? Like, what the fuck? They do this on purpose? Yeah, he, they do it on purpose? No, they did it on accident. He played okay. the whole game and just got absolutely wrecked. He was like, dude, that deck was so ass. I'm like, what do you mean? It was great. It was great. I had, like, so many junkyard dogs. And he's like, dude, this deck had no junkyard dogs. What are you talking about? It's <laughs> <This is> Flake's <laughs> deck. Oh, <laughs> uh, you were there thinking Peter's going, ooh, and no. Yeah, Flake, no, didn't, uh, no, Flake didn't value the, uh, he didn't really value the three blocks in that format, I'll say that. He uh, took a lot of items. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean. All right, let's talk uh, Class Constructed ahead of Road to Nationals kicking off this weekend. Part two to this main topic. 
does Prism have a new place in this meta? I want to talk Battle Hardened. 100-something-odd players, I think it was, uh, in Liverpool for this, this Battle Hardened on day two of the calling this past weekend. And I want to start by just talking about the meta a little bit from a, you know, as Bryn would say, 10,000-foot view. And compare it a little bit to Hartford. <laughs> you have to extend that so, altitude and make it a 20,000-foot view. Yeah, okay, fair enough. I got to top you. Um, do you know the height of Mount Everest, by the way? It's really high. I didn't realize. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Where did that go? <laughs> Well, I was looking. I was looking at mountains the other day, and like I was like, oh, you know, some mountains are pretty high, but Everest is like significantly higher. Yeah. Like I didn't realize just quite how high Everest is. Standard you know, Hayden afternoon, just having his fucking Vegemite, looking, you know, just just checking out the mountains on the internet. Wonder what the what the what the meters are on Mold Mount Everest. Well, it was actually K two I was looking at, but then anyway, yeah. all right. The, the <laughs> okay, we've got to get into this. The the battle hardened meta last weekend in Liverpool. KO was the most rips into deck, followed by Bravo, followed by Kasai, then Dash and Azalea. So that was your top five of the weekend, and then your second, like your next five in the ten, was Kano, Leviya, Dromai. Dromai went from number one the following week to number eight this week. Uh, Victor and Bolton. So just quickly to compare that kind of the top five last week uh, in Hartford to Liverpool this past weekend. Dromai was the number one played, which was eight in Liverpool. Victor was number two played, which was nine in Liverpool. Levia was number three played, which was seven in Liverpool. Azalea was number four played, which was uh, five in Liverpool. And then Bravo was number five played, which was two in Liverpool. And, you know, obviously KO makes sense spiking, right? KO wins the event. Uh, that decklist is from Yuki and um, Nia has been out quite significantly. The list is obviously very good. People are going to move to it and play it, right? So it makes sense. KO number one. Bravo number two. I think, you know, people have obviously decided to not play Victor after a really poor showing the following weekend and Bravo putting two decks in top eight uh, in Hartford. And that makes sense. And then Kasai is this kind of new entity, right? It didn't see a bunch of, of play in, uh, was well, like number seven in, in Hartford. But... We saw it have a reasonable performance in, in top eight. And then Dash also, you know, kind of, I think, rising up a little bit from where it was the week prior. And then Azalea just kind of sitting around the same spot. I think the the big one is Dromo obviously dropping off so much. Um, and then Kano actually was, okay, yeah, actually a lot more rips into than in Hartford as well. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I don't know. Top line thoughts? I don't know where 11 games came from. That's wild. Um, yeah, I mean, I talked about my biggest, I just... I would love for someone to calibrate me on why Bravo is so highly represented in this metagame. Because, um, I mean, I guess if Dramai fades out a bit, like, I, the, the, Bravo is, people just have wildly different opinions. I think Bravo's matchup in Dramai is not good. I really don't. But there are people that swear that it's, like, fantastic. And I think those people are crazy. Um, I think it's better with the new, the, the, the extra th- uh, six attacks, the new three. For sure. It's attacks. actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a big difference, to be honest. Uh, it most of the Victor. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think K- top, Do you want to talk top eight? Sure. Like talk top eight. Go for it. Because you asked the question, right? Like why Bravo so represented? So in, in half of the, the previous week, we saw two Bravos make top eight, right? Which I think is quite interesting. Um, three Brutes in total, two KO and Elvira. And then this week we see... Now the two Bravos make top eight. We see two dashes make top eight after one the follow the, the week prior. Another Kano top eight after a Kano the, the week prior as well. But then no brutes in this top eight. Instead you have Bolton and Azuri and a Prism. Quite interesting. So the, the mainstays over the last two weeks have been Bravo, 
Dash and Kano. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no brutes is actually fascinating. Like that's yeah. that's pretty wild for a deck like Ko because that deck is. Did people work it out? Pretty cons- Did people work out how to beat Ko? Maybe. Uh, I would I would welcome that because that is a that is a question that we are we are trying to work through right now and it's been tough. Um, yeah, I mean the biggest takeaway for me here is just decks to try out. Like I, the meta is going to be in flux. It's going to be wild. This is a battle hard meta versus, um, I believe another battle hard meta. So I, I don't yeah, put like insane weight on the actual top eight as like, this is super indicative of a meta game, but yeah, I do need to try out these other lists. I do need to try out these other heroes. Like I'm loading up prism immediately when we hit up, when we get off this podcast, I might convince somebody else that I know and trust to play Bolton and then give me feedback on how good that deck is. Um, and then I'll have to look at this Bravo deck, I guess, and play it in the KO. Like, if Bravo is significantly better than Victor in the KO, maybe. Um, but that would ha- I, I, I think yes, honestly. Significantly? Like, I, so much so much, uh, so much, much heavy lifting uh, done off of Crippling Crush? It's a, it's a relevant card, but... A, a reasonable amount of heavy lifting done off, off it, I think. But then the other piece of it as well is that Bravo can... Um, so there's, there's the, the kind of, you know, you don't have to side up these block cards, so your main deck is probably just a bit better set up as well, I think. But then also, the thing that Bravo can do is, like, if you trade value, maybe you survive a cast bones turn or whatever, maybe KO gets a good start, you stabilize it, then you can, you can honestly just chain on hits. Like, if you land a Spinal Crush, a Crippling Crush, uh, even something like Chokeslam is good against them, right? Like, turns off their Blood Rush mm-hmm. turns, turns off their, their Might tokens, things like that. Like, that... Those are good. So if you can train a couple of those attacks, like they don't defend that well, honestly. Like they can play a couple of defense reactions and at, at, at that point, they're also diluting their deck so their cast bones are worse. I do think Bravo is set up a lot better to to beat KO. I, I do believe that. I'll have to test it out. Uh, main, the big one, one way to find out. Yeah, the big one. <laughs> yeah, that's how you know we're actually we're actually preparing for the Pro Tour is there's no more, uh, there's no more just like throwing statements out like, ah, Bravo sucks. It's like, okay, we'll try it out. Because I mean that—that's like the competitor mindset. It's like I'm literally willing for anything. I just want to find the best deck at this point. That is not KO. I don't want to play KO mirrors. I don't. Okay. So we talked about KO number one represented last last week. Uh, didn't convert into top eight, but like you say, you know that's. I think that what that potentially shows to me is that people like people came prepared. People came prepared to beat KO, which makes sense. That cool. Okay. Bravo. We've talked about that. Two weeks of consistent kind of results and potentially a, a good pick to combat care that might be the reason for the second place what about kasai where does kasai fit into this because i've heard kasai's ko matchup is not that great it's kind of okay so i don't know i've not heard like oh everyone's like kasai has amazing matchups everyone just from what i'm hearing it's like yeah kasai's solid (laughs) so i've heard as well um i I wish i had more information than you on kasai like i I really don't at this point like i've been focusing Mm. on three three major pillars of the format which is ko uh, Jeremiah and Victor. And there's obviously more pillars after these top eights. So I just need to expand the, the testing a bit to try out some of these other decks that, I mean, it's not that we weren't considering them. It's just like they weren't in that immediate, like we have to answer this question yeah. before we move forward with anything. And I don't believe that Kasai, uh, Bravo, and fucking Kano were in that conversation quite yet. But now it's like, okay, we need to calibrate. And of course, Prism too. Like, I mean, Prism yeah, won the yeah. entire thing, which is. Which is wild. Like, yeah, you said we're going to get back to it. Let's get back to it. <laughs> how, I was saving the best for last. How, I was saving the best what, for last. How is Prism's matchup into into uh, Brute? Can I talk one one thing okay. first? Yeah. One thing first, which is 
there was you talked about a pillar of the format being Jeremiah. Has that pillar well and truly crumbled? No, I don't think so. Because like I feel like Jeremiah to an extent is going to have a massive effect on the metagame, whether it is represented or not. I mean, maybe KO just overshadows all of that and Jeremiah just immediately be- becomes not real because KO is so popular. But hmm. if like KO is truly a beatable deck and KO starts to fade out of the format, I think Jeremiah is like totally an option. Um, okay, we can talk about the one thing, sorry, just quickly. Like, I keep getting surprised at the lack of fire at these events. Fire, fire in this event. I mean, it can be great versus Bravo. It can be. It definitely can be. I don't know. Maybe I'm fire, outdated, fire but a- when I played Bravo into fire, it was almost unlosable. They played like Crush the Week and stuff, though, back then. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I had some of those, but those, those, those cards weren't that nuts in my deck. I had Crush the Week and Choke Sam, I believe. Yeah. Um, like you want to talk, you want to talk fan. about a hero where you can actually back to back to back dominate them. It's it's Phi because like Phi literally can't do shit if you yeah. if you dominate them with some sort of relevant on hit effect. Where it's like okay, I spinal KO Bear Fangs, I spinal KO Swing Big, like that, and then it's like okay, I spinal, I spinal, uh, I spinal Phi zero for four. It's like way Sick yeah, bullet. way different. Yeah, Sick bullet. <laughs> I, I just feel like Phi is actually much more. It has a much harder time in a Bravo. Potentially, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think people can set up for it. I, I just, look, I'm not a big Fi fan. I don't want to be playing Fi, but I'm just surprised that, you know, kind of as the aggro decks, like, what are the aggro decks in this format? Like, is it just, is it just Kasai and Azalea to an extent? Like, these, all these, the aggro decks are like these kind of can play mid-range. Like, they're aggro to mid-range as opposed to aggro. Like, Azalea, Dash, Kasai, KO. Like, these are all aggro mid-range builds as opposed to pure aggro anyway okay let's talk prism then it was the fourth well first of all one rhino come on guys what the heck same number of vincets and riptides Dude, and arachnids is just better come on man i don't yeah. i don't necessarily disagree but i also don't agree prism four copies one goes to top eight winner yeah crazy how's the brew matchup I, I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, I, I don't know. I, but I can't. I'm, so I'm looking at this list. I put the list in the, know, in the uh, yeah. notes if you haven't seen it, Brendan. But so we've seen Rob's list. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how he's beating Brute looking at this list. Um, I, I, at a guess, he's just powering through, like just setting up figments and like able to just choke them on action points and, and win that way. Like he has the aura package, right? So I'm, I'm guessing. That's how Rob was doing it. Uh, look, he didn't have to beat a, a, a brute in top eight, so we didn't get to get to hear much about it. But I mean, yeah, I'd be interested if anyone's kind of test this matchup, how how they're approaching the brute matchup. But look, honestly, there's not, you know, KO, yes, number one played deck, but, and there was like a reasonable Levi, but there's no Reiner. And if you feel like you're really good into, say, say because of the aura package, you feel really good into Bravo, for instance, you feel good into Kasai because they can't play poppers. Dash has been traditionally like an okay matchup for you. Um, you know, Kano, probably a pretty good matchup for you. Like, you've dodged Jeremiah and the Brutes. Like, is the rest of the field just good for you? Like, that's kind of what I was thinking about Pr- Prism last week. And I was saying, you know, don't worry about Jeremiah. Maybe Prism's the, the deck to take to Road to Nationals. So someone said that they want the banter to come back on the pod. I, I have some... Yeah. I saw, Reinar is not a real deck. <laughs> what are we talking about Prism, Ral? Why, why so, you I thought you like said that? Reiner, but Reiner is just not a, it's not a real deck. Like it's it's uh it's it's 
not as good as KO. Like KO's just better, and Reinhardt just doesn't exist. Like the, I'm, you know, I'm I'm less confused. We can talk about this if you want. I'm less confused. I, I disagree. I'm less confused why there were so few Reinhardt. I'm more confused why there was one Reinhardt and not twenty KOs. Dude, <laughs> I, I've I've seen these Reinhardts floating around. I, honestly, I think they're pretty trash. Like I, I think people are building Reinhardt. You sound like a Jermai. You sound like a like this is Jermai level copium. When it's like, bro, Jermai loses in the like, bro. And the other than the Jermai player is like. They, their list doesn't look like my list. <laughs> like, I mean, to be fair, I did say the same thing, and then I top four nationals, and then Nick made the finals with Taiwan calling. So, I don't know. Last time I said that, I can definitely back it up. I, I don't know. Like, I, I think, look, KO is really strong. Cast Bones is a ridiculous card. Like, that card is, is, is silly, right? Mm-hmm. But I think that because of the deck burn restraints of, of KO and what that means defensively. Like, I just think KO's narrower. Like, I think Reiner has more avenues. I think it's harder to understand what you want to do with Reiner in a particular metagame. But Reiner got a ton of ridiculous upgrades. Like, actually got a lot of upgrades. Like, significantly more than, than Leviar, I think. Um, agility is a massive upgrade for, for, for Reiner. Mm-hmm. But anyway, mm-hmm. Prism. Prism. <laughs> I honestly, like, when it comes to Prism... Uh, I mean, there's a few things we have to circle back on, like, next week's pod, the week after that, which is, like, Prism, Kasai, yes. Bolton. These are heroes that have been completely irrelevant in the Flesh and Blood metagame, and I don't have a lot of experience with them. I can tell you what I think, but it would be much better if we just revisit in a week or two when I actually have experience playing yeah, heroes. Because, like, right now... Um, yeah, I, I, I have to see. Like, it's like, how did Rob beat the, beat the, beat, beat the Brutes? I don't he know. He might not have got paid. <laughs> I, I know. I know. I know that day of it. It's like I don't know. I, I legitimately don't know. I just have to. I just have to. At this point, it's cool. You know, it is both. It is frustrating. Not frustrating. Frustrating is not the word. But as a competitor, you know, with five weeks away from the pro tour, it's like, oh shit. There's all these other decks. But in terms of like a metagame, it's really cool. There's like all That's these cool. super yeah. what used to be extremely irrelevant heroes and decks now being very very relevant. Um, and we have to test them when we need to consider consider them when looking at pro tour la that's a good thing i'm sure brian gottlieb is mm. you know pouring out the champagne right now listen to this he's frothing he's got red panty night <laughs> is that what mcgregor said <laughs> <laughs> can you do it in the exit no 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 no, no. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh we're gonna leave the pot off well the main topic off with this so okay I, firstly we'll come back to this we're going to be talking about this evolution of the meta every week because honestly this is one of the most interesting evolutions of meta games i think we've seen in flesh and blood's history because there's so many heroes i said this to you the other week do you know how many heroes there are in class constructed and, and blitz right now there's over 20 in class constructed which is insane i miss the good um, old days when there was four <laughs> heroes in the class constructed format that was when the game was good do you mean three what no, you were playing Reiner at the first. Yeah, no, no, no. Well, I didn't go to the first corner. Oh, uh, story time, real quick. I would have been story time, real quick, because just to, at okay. the first calling, not a lot of people were playing Reiner, but Reiner was a deck that everybody was scared of. An old mate, Isaac Olson, calling champion Isaac Olson, shows up on Reiner. Fear enters everyone's hearts. Round one, Sasha pairs into him. It couldn't be any more unlucky. The fatigue deck pairs into the Reiner deck. It's like. We just were not meant to. This was not meant to be. Tournament was, tournament was not ours. Bad variance. Well, the matches actually played out, and uh, Isaac Olsen loses with Sasha on more life than he started with. That's your Reinar history. Uh, I believe that's because Isaac uh, decided to present like seventy cards 
and thought he was going to fatigue the ninja. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think he had drunk vitality in his deck either. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, come on, Isaac. I really want Isaac to come back to Flesh and Blood so we can put him- He played. I know, but I want to put him on stream again okay. because you want yeah, to talk yeah. about a stream curse? Round one. I forgot about that. Yeah, he didn't get a stream match at um he didn't get a stream match at Queenstown, but he he lost his winners for top eight. He was playing for top eight in the last round at, at Queenstown. Okay. We'll revisit the meta each week. It's gonna be unfolding, it's gonna be very interesting. Uh, but that leads me to my question because Road to Nationals is gonna give us a bunch of data this weekend. But Brendan, you're on your way to Road to Nationals this weekend. The same question that I'm gonna ask every week, what deck are you playing and why this weekend? I play Victor. I still think like I don't think I mean Maybe somebody can convince me to put the Victor cards into a Bravo shell, but I think Victor's probably just good enough. Um, at a road to Nationals, it's really, really consistent. There probably wouldn't be a lot of Dramai. Um, I don't think Kale's a great matchup, but I think that it's winnable. So, yeah, Victor seems fine. I know a lot of people think that Victor is a, has a really bad matchup in the Bravo. I don't think so. Um, I think it, it immediately appears that way at first, but I think that Victor can absolutely uh, win that matchup. You. Fair enough. What are you playing? You play Reiner. <laughs> I mean, probably. But <laughs> if if I if the pick I would potentially call out to people for this first weekend, I think it's I think it's Dash. I think there's a lot of Rise of Guardian. I think people are gonna pick up Bravo to potentially try and pick on KOs. And I also think Dash has a reasonable matchup into KO. Uh, and as well as Kasai, who was like the third most played deck uh, last weekend. So I think Dash is at Kano as well, which Kano is definitely on the rise. Dash is, is, is nicely positioned for that matchup. So I think, honestly, I, I would, um, I'd be looking at Dash. I think that's a, a particularly good first week pick. Yeah, I haven't played Dash since Crucible of War. Been a while. Have you not? I feel like I feel like you played it some other. Maybe not. Maybe like maybe some not. boost. Like I, I don't know. Like yeah, maybe in a game. Remember. I actually want to think maybe not. Yeah. Maybe not. Honestly, it's been a while. I think I've played the dash side every time. Yeah, it's been a while. All right, that's gonna do it for this episode, episode one four nine. We're crossing in on the the three year mark, Brendan. That's crazy. We're almost at the uh, the one five six, the big one five six. Uh, you want to take us out? Yep. If you're listening to this podcast, you enjoy it. The number one thing you can do is leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you're listening. It's the number one thing you can do to help us out. And we read every single review. Um, so leave us one if you've been listening for a while. Twitter's at BrendanAPG, Jen underscore Dale. Um, a special thank you to all of the Arsenal Pass patrons. We got deck techs coming soon. Working, working our hardest to find the broken decks for PTLA so we can get them out um, to help you all out as well. Check out the limited time only episode that went up um, with Yuha. We're really excited to have him come do content under the Arsenal Pass umbrella. I'm excited so that I can have good content to help prepare for PT, PTLA <laughs> without having to do 100 drafts. But thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you next week.